Well, good morning, Hilton and Allen Community Church. Hope you guys are doing well. Hey, I'm glad that you're here today. Thank you guys so much for those of you who are here in the house. Thanks for being here today. For those of you out on the backstage patio, glad you're here. And those at home, we're glad that you guys are joining us online. Today, we're finishing up our series called Landing Lights, Knowing the Landing Lights of God's Will. And today, to help me, uh, I have Mike Flood here. And uh, Mike Flood is one of our elders. Uh, He is one of our volunteers. And so um, why don't you give it up for Mike Flood this morning? Now, I'm going to just preface this by saying Mike is on very little sleep, all right, because he was on our missions trip last week, and they got in last night, but his flight got in at, what time did it get in, Mike? I guess we landed at about 1. You landed at about 1 this morning, all right, and you're here this morning, and I'm very... Yes, sir, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Awesome, man. I'm thankful that you um, are here, and uh, Mike is a pilot. Tell us a little bit about what you do, man. Well, I'm a, I'm a pilot. Very yeah. good. I've been a pilot for a long time. I was a Navy pilot, um, flew helicopters in the Navy. I'm an airline pilot now. Actually, Brad here uh, was a Navy pilot with me, flew helicopters. Yeah, that's right. That's um, right. You know, I've been flying for 30 plus years and great, uh, blessed to have a great career. Love it. And uh, excited to be here with you and try and straighten you out a little bit on some of this stuff. <laughs> so we but have enough about me, Todd. Yes. I think, uh, do we have pilots in the room? Got, yeah, Raise we got pilots, hand, pilots in the room. I Raise know Brad was. Any others? All right. So on behalf, Todd, of... <laughs> the only one here. This is unscripted, so I apologize in advance. But on behalf, Todd, of yeah. all the pilots, either here on Hilton Head or in the world, really, yeah. in yeah. general... What is it with the goofy aviation analogies? (laughs) So Mike is so funny. He's like, why do you pastors use aviation analogies all the time? And I'll tell you why. It's because we're wannabe pilots. That's what it is. That was was what I thought. You guys know the one. uh, 100%. The 40,000 foot view. How about it was a dark and stormy night, but pilots have to have faith in their instruments. Faith. It's church. Absolutely. I love it, dude. And that's what we're doing here, man. Landing Well, I'm lights. here to straighten you out. Yeah, so, please do. Please um, do. You got anything to write so on? So we, <laughs> we correct my Hold messages on. right now, man. I love it, dude. I love it. Yeah, there we go. And he's got the, yeah, he's got the shades on now. Now he really All right, let's like go. What do you want to know? <laughs> this is who's flying your planes. All right, just saying. All right. Ladies so anyway. and gentlemen, welcome. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so Captain Flood, talk to us about landing lights because... We have been in this series, and I, because I'm a wannabe pilot, I know just enough to be dangerous, really. And so we are using these landing lights as how we can determine God's will. And so we've talked over these past five weeks, and I want to encourage you, if you haven't been with us, to go back and listen, podcasts, online, on our app, whatever it may be for you. Go listen, because these really do tie together. We've talked about wise counsel. We've talked uh, about outside circumstances, wise counsel being those people in your life who you trust, who provide wisdom outside circumstances where God is ordering your steps. Have you ever been there before where you know God is ordering your steps and you can see it? Uh, Scriptural confirmation, uh, really seeking out, diving deep into God's word to find out if that's what he wants for you and for your life and this whatever decision that you're in process with, scriptural confirmation, personal desire. Does, is God going to use you in a place where, you know, he, he, you are best fitted for that or not? And then the last one we talked about last week is inner peace, the peace of the Holy Spirit. And so today, really, we just wanted to wrap up, wrap this up. And, and I am interested in this, and I think that most people maybe understand it conceptually. 
how you guys as pilots and how really uh, the aviation industry, if you will, um, how you guys are, are guided. And, and really what we're talking about is spiritual guidance. But we all understand and we hope that you guys have some guidance when you're flying those planes trying to get us from point A to point B. And you guys use different guidance systems on the plane. There's an analogy there. So talk to us about some of the main guidance systems that you guys use. Well, certainly there are multiple guidance systems on the airplane, and we have multiple redundant guidance systems, which, of course, help to keep us safe, you know, during um, any eventuality in flight. And so, um, you know, everybody's familiar with GPS, of course. That's the common one these days. It used to be radio-based, uh, land-based radio navigation, which helped you to, you know, I guess the, the analogy here for church is that, you know, if you're on a journey, yeah. you're a Christian journey, and you want to you know, you know where you want to go, but you have to evaluate where you are. And in order to get there, you have to know where you are, and you have to kind of plot your course along that's those good. ways. So, you know, our navigation systems do that for us, and that's how we get folks safely to their destinations, awesome. you know, all the time. So, and so, so, you, so there's GPS. on the, So you guys have Waze? Is that right? You guys we, use uh, Waze, it's, basically? It's, it's, a, it's a form of Waze, <laughs> apparently, yeah. It's, we do have Airways in the, in the sky. They call them Airways, literally, but okay. we don't use Apple. Got it. Okay, you don't use Apple. <laughs> I'm an Android uh, that's guy. A, that's a fun inside joke with us, too. Uh, so you guys have some guidance system, GPS, which helps. You guys have airways in, in the air from point A Literal to Literal airways. If you, um, I mean, we, have, we don't have charts anymore. We carry the big books now. It's just yeah. all on a tablet. But a tablet. certainly there are defined airways yeah. all across the world and the oceans everywhere. That's so we've, we use our, our GPS and our other navigation systems. We have internal navigation, which is resident only on the airplane. We have external navigation. GPS would be considered an external mm. source of information for where you are in the yeah. world. Um, and then your, your old-fashioned radio beacons yeah. that we use. So awesome. those are the basics that we use. Uh, okay. Some are internal, some are external. I think there's mm. a reference there, too. I mean, yeah. a lot of times you have to, to know where you are in life. You know, you, you have that, that inner voice. Mm. And maybe we could call it the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yep. That would right. be the INS of our airplane system, the internal navigation system. Good, man. I like Externally, that. Externally, um, you know, you have the GPS and the VORs. That's maybe that's our friends and family and sure. um, outside circumstances. Outside too. people, yep. outside yep. circumstances. You yep. spoke about that's it right. a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but those things are all very important in, in knowing where you are and knowing where you want to go. They help you get there. You know, my wife, Sarah, is very helpful in. Help me course correct. Yeah, yes. Um, several so hundred times a day, I think. For actually. us guys. <laughs> right. For sure. So um, you guys have internal and external guidance systems that help along the way. And so you, very, very similar to us spiritually. If, we, if we're God followers, we do have an internal uh, peace from the Holy Spirit that we can have in our lives. And, and so what, what happens, though, when we ignore it, what happens to you guys when you ignore sure, those forget, um, things? Is your career over? Could be. Could be. Actually, yeah. really. I mean, if, if you ignore the the warning signs, for example, if you're off course or on a, you know, if you're uh, proceeding towards Mother Earth and you look out <laughs> the window and there's a goat waving at you and you've ignored the signs up until that point, sure, you could yeah. it could be a very dangerous thing, but. We, um, if you ignore the signs, yeah, you can get off course. You can get off course enough to maybe lose your job and your career. But sure. generally, that's why we have a co-pilot. Oh, there's another analogy there that we didn't there's talk about. Co-pilot, yeah. There's that 
God is my co-pilot. <laughs> Sorry, it's my, he's my, be my captain, really. That was your captain voice right there, my, yeah, yeah. Um, so sure, yeah, you want to stay on course, and there's warning signs and warning things. If you ignore them, you're going to get in trouble. So you just said that. Okay, so you said danger just a few minutes ago, and I, I want us to um, go there for, for a moment um, with, this, with this idea, this comparison, right, this analogy, um, because I think that what we don't realize is that um, by us choosing to, to not follow God, flee from God, um, there can be danger. Same thing uh, with uh, aviation. and For flying. sure. And sometimes with uh, deadly consequences. Yes. Yeah. Very deadly consequences. And so talk to us about, um, I know that um, lights do play a big role in things. You guys have all kind of you know, we, we, we would get in the cabin of an airplane and wonder what in the world is going on because it looks like a light show for us. Uh, um, and there's a thousand different switches and buttons and all kind of stuff. What do lights play? What, what purpose do the lights play? The lights, um, many purposes. We have all kinds of lights, both internal to the aircraft itself um, in the, in the uh, flight deck. We have external lights, which means something to someone who knows what they are. Yeah. On the ground, we have landing. Well, so here's what I need to correct you, Todd. Yes. These are not landing They're lights. They're not, are they? Those are, okay, <laughs> those are runway lights. Um, and We're going to restart the so, whole series, Mike, well, just because this. You should have come to me before the series, <laughs> not after, okay? So these are, those are, those are runway lights, and Got then it. before those, it's approach lights. You saw right. them on the, yeah. the rock show there a minute yeah. ago. the rock um, show. <laughs> which I like. It's good music. Wake up. Um, but there are numerous lights, and they all, they all mean something. And a red light clearly means, hey, if a red light pops on your, on your instrument panel, you are instantly focused mm. on it, and you better get busy mm. because that is a critical phase, mm. and something, something terrible may happen. So mm. we have yellow lights, red lights, green lights are good, of course. Yeah. Pretty not not hard to understand. Sure. Hard to know what to do when they when it happens. You need to you need to learn that and memorize those things and but lights are indicators, correct? They lights are an indicator. Are indicators. Good. Okay. Yeah. So you have different indicators. I'm getting there, man. Um, I'll be a pilot before today's over. I'm sure of it. Okay. So anyway, uh, again, the wannabe thing with pastors. So uh, you guys have lights that are indicators of, of what to do next, what to do in certain situations, um, and then when to land, all right, when, when to land, when to taxi, when to go. You also, go ahead, talk, talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, sure. So, as I mentioned, you have lights internal to the aircraft, lights external to the aircraft. The lights on another air, airplane, if you see another airplane coming, you know, you can tell at night from a distance which way it's going based on the color of the lights that you see. They've got the position lights, the strobe lights that yeah. prevent you from, you know, anti-collision lights, we call them. So, if you see We that, like those, right? So. We like the anti-collision lights. So, um, that, so all of those things play a part. It's kind of funny we're talking about lights right now. And the, yeah, so anyway. Right. <laughs> so, uh, we're, so all of those things play a part in guidance. You've got also the aspect of air traffic controllers. And we might have heard occasionally air traffic controllers and pilots talking back and forth to each other. If you've ever heard it, it's a, whole, it's a different language. I don't understand anything you guys say, but that's an important part of aviation is an important part of being a pilot and flying. Talk to us Absolutely. a little bit about that. Absolutely. The air traffic control are uh, an external source of guidance okay. in many ways. They, they help to keep us on course, much like Sarah does for me at home. You know, um, <laughs> if it's time to change course, they might let you know, or if you need to make a deviation in your routing, they will, mm. they will help you with that. Sure. So they are another additional safety source um, to help you on your journey. And I want to ask you this, either yourself 
um, or your, your co-pilot, if you will, the first officer, your captain, uh, either you or the first officer will always be monitoring what is happening um, with, <laughs> we're, this is, this is the ultimate analogy, this right? Good. <laughs> In the dark. You need In the dark. So faith. anyway, way to go. Our have production faith. team is amazing. Hey, that's a good job. Production team. Woo. It was actually the, uh, yeah, we had an electrical outage. So anyway, uh, it doesn't happen much. But anyway, our production team, well, we give it up for our production team. They do an amazing job all the time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, there you <laughs> oh, man, I'm so glad I asked you to do this. <laughs> I'm not sure if we're glorifying God at all, but no. You guys are always listening. You're always monitoring, right, for air traffic control. Great point. Um, continuous monitoring, both in the radio, and they have ways to communicate with us in case for somehow we, our radios go down. But if you are not continuously listening for instructions or, or, or messages, then certainly you can get into trouble you can get as into well. Trouble. So, so all of these things are really, they, they exist to, to help prevent uh, trouble and they help to help prevent a disaster potentially and um, You guys pay attention to them. You watch out for them. You listen You look and you're paying attention to what's going on so that you can deliver passengers to their destination safely For sure you have to pay attention. And you have to be intentional um, And always thinking ahead looking ahead for that possible mm. danger and I feel like there's another one you can write down for, you know, in our faith walk. We need to yeah. be looking ahead and be intentional about where we're going and mm -hmm. looking for the traps and the hazards that may, um, may come. bring us down. So I think we all have the opportunity in our lives, um, just like you pilots have the opportunity to pay attention and listen and to follow um, and to allow those external and internal things in our lives to lead and to guide us. The key is, is when we see all of those things transpire, when we hear them transpire, then we have a decision to make, whether we're going to flee or whether we're going to follow, whether we're going to, uh, you know, live according to those things um, or whether we're going to reject them. And, man, I just want to say, uh, you pilots are amazing, um, but not only amazing, you put up with a lot, and we're thankful. So be nice to your pilots the next time you're flying a plane, because there's a lot that goes on that um, you once said to me, I said, I think it's really cool that you're a pilot, uh, Mike, and you said, I'm basically just a, a bus driver, and it is so much more than that, and we, we recognize that, and I want to thank you, man, so much for, for your service to our country and for, for uh, what you do each and every day. Sure, you and gave me the mic, so. I did, yes. How about, you don't, we don't get to thank Todd enough for all the hard work, and I know how hard you work, and how faithful you are as a servant here, oh, and, thanks, and the days and nights that you put in um, to, to, to guide us and, as a flock and, oh. and shepherd us, and we appreciate so, you coming up here every week and, and, and pouring the word of God into us. So how about giving it up oh. for Todd? <laughs> thank you, guys. Mike, thanks, man. I appreciate you, buddy. This guy, this guy flew back from Belize. Um, you didn't fly the plane, by the way. He was a passenger yesterday. But anyway, he flew back from Belize very late. And man, I'm so thankful. By the way, Mike and Sarah are incredible servants in the life of our church. Not only does, do they lead, but they serve and they volunteer. So thank you guys so much for all, Sarah, that you and Mike do and your boys. So why don't you give it up right. one more time for Mike. Thank you, everybody. So we have so many different examples in God's word of this idea of either following his lead 
or fleeing God when those lights come on, when we have, uh, we, when we have uh, you know, paid attention to that air traffic controller, when we're you know, looking at and, and, and uh, you know, following those guidance systems that um, these planes have, spiritually speaking. And, and we want to talk today about, just in our remaining time, very quickly, I think about one of the most interesting of all of the characters in Scripture, and, and his, his name is Jonah. And you know Jonah more than likely because of VeggieTales, all right? So you've seen VeggieTales or you've seen some kind of cartoon, and we always equate Jonah, relate Jonah to what? Jonah and the what? The whale. Okay, so that's the picture that we all have. Can we agree on that? That's a picture that we have of Jonah. But Jonah was a prophet of God, and he was called to speak a word to a city and to a nation that was a dangerous mission. And he's one prophet that is so incredibly interesting. In fact, without going into too much detail because of our time, um, Jonah is probably one of the most unique prophets and one of the most unique books. And we often will focus on the whale, and there's debate in the Christian and non-Christian community about you know, the validity of the story of Jonah. How could a person get you know, swallowed by a, a fish or a large fish or a whale? And that's all up for debate and that sort of thing. I believe that it is true. I believe that it is a real story. But when we're talking about the fish and when we're talking about the debate that a lot of people like to have on whether or not it's true or not, we miss the point of Jonah. Because with Jonah, the story is not necessarily about the message that he was bringing to Nineveh. It's the story about his life. And it's a story about a life who understood the landing lights of knowing God's will in his life. And he went the opposite direction. I'm going to ask you this morning, have you ever been there? Have you ever been at a place where you knew what you were, supposed to do, you were supposed to do? You had confirmation in your heart, inner peace, personal desire. All of these things began to line up in your life, and you just decided that you were going to reject God. I have been. I've been there. When I was 15 or 16 years old, uh, God began to work in my life to follow um, what I'm doing today, to pursue full-time Christian ministry. I had a calling on my life, and for 10 years, for 10 years, I ran the other direction. I was like Jonah in so many ways. And I remember at the beginning of that uh, process or, or just shortly into that process, when I was about ready to go to college, I remember having a guy who um, it was on my you know, wise counsel team, my advisory counsel, uh, advisory, personal advisory counsel team. And I remember him sitting down with me and saying, look, if God has called you to do this, and you go in a different direction, he goes, I promise you, at the very least, you'll be miserable. And I want to look for a moment today at a guy who had all of these signs happening, all of these things going on, and he was absolutely called to go in one direction, and he went a totally different direction. If you have your Bibles, Jonah chapter 1, we're going to blitz through the life of Jonah in about five minutes here. But I think we can learn a lot from this life of someone who didn't listen, who didn't follow, and who didn't take the leadership of God in his life. And God used him anyway. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amatai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Pretty clear what God is telling him to do. Can we all agree on that? 
pretty clear. He's supposed to go to the city Nineveh. But Jonah, verse 3, but Jonah, he rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it, into the ship, to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Now, as much as I like the story of Jonah, and I even like the story of Jonah and the whale, and we can kind of you know, lean on experts to figure out what he looked like when he came out of the whale. More on that in just a minute. Like, there's so many interesting things. Jonah was, he was not a good guy. He was a vengeful, angry, mad person. But God called him and put him on a mission. And he said, you need to go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was the capital of Syria, Assyria, and the Syrians were the worst of the worst. They were the most vicious people to the Jews, Jonah's people. The Assyrians and the people of Nineveh were harsh. They, they, were, they, they, they were relentless in terms of their, their punishment towards the Jews. And so Jonah had this idea in mind that he said to, probably said to God in the quietness of his heart, he probably said, God, I'll do anything for you, but please, have you ever had that moment? Please, don't send me there. Don't make me do this. Don't tell me to go there. Don't call me to that place. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. And there's a lot of good reason why he didn't want to go to Nineveh, but that's not the reason he ran from God. We're going to discover that here in a few minutes. But listen, I want you to see that when Jonah decided to flee from God and to flee from God's purpose for his life and to flee from what God was saying, he ran completely in the opposite direction. He, didn't, he just didn't ignore the landing lights and have kind of this, well, wandering, I just don't know if this is right, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, I don't know if this decision is the right thing, but I'm going to kind of move in the general direction of what God is saying and then maybe kind of bounce back. He went completely in the opposite direction. Check this out to see how far he went. He was literally called to go to Nineveh, which is east of where he was, and he went completely in the other direction. He went as far, in fact, his intention, Jonah's intention, was to go from Joppa, that's where he found the ship, and by the way, he paid, he paid money, probably good money, listen, he paid good money to run away from what God was calling him to do. And not only did he go a little bit westward, but he went as far his intention was to go as far west. Tarshish was the furthest west known place in the world at that time. In fact, it's, just, it's located just before the Straits of Gibraltar. And at that point in time in human history, the Straits of Gibraltar, if you went out past the Straits of Gibraltar into what we know today as the Atlantic Ocean, that was essentially the end of the world, the end of the earth. He went as far as he could go from the place that God called him to go. He paid to do it. 
And you know, that's what happens when we don't follow God's word. That's what happens when we don't follow God's lead is we get kind of in this spiral of sin and selfishness and and greed and we will pay good money and we will spend more than we ever thought that we would spend and we would stay far away from God longer than we ever thought possible and we will go to the ends of the earth when we're in a bad place to flee from God. And Jonah had his but Jonah moment at the beginning of verse 3. When God called him to do what he called him to do, but Jonah rose up and he fleed to Tarshish. Have you ever had that moment in your life? You knew what God was calling you to do? You have a choice in front of you. You have a decision in front of you. It might be small, and you think, I'll just compromise on this one small thing, and that one small thing becomes a seed of disaster that ruins your life and other people's lives years later. He had that but Jonah moment, but God intervened. (laughs) You know the whole story. Jonah chapter 1 verse 4, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. So he's on this boat trying to flee from God. And there was a mighty tempest, that's a fancy word for wind, on the sea so that the ship threatened to break up. Go down to verse 15. So they picked up Jonah and they hurled him, these men on the ship, into the sea. You can tell that they didn't want to do that. And the sea ceased from its raging. And in verse 16, then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. These men who were on the ship, these ship hands, they they actually saw God, and they were the ones that worshiped God. The prophet, the one that God called, he's just ticked off and heading the other direction. And he says, throw me into the sea so that your ship won't break up. And they reluctantly did that. In verse 17, and the Lord appointed a great fish. There's the answer to our whale versus fish. It says great fish right there. To swallow up Jonah. It doesn't sound as good, does it? Jonah and the whale sounds great. Jonah and the great fish doesn't sound too good, right? Doesn't fit on a t-shirt quite as well as Jonah and the whale. So we have whale today. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. I'm not going to go into any detail about this, but it would have been messy. It would have been gross. He would have been messy, and he would have been gross. Skip over to Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord. I called out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. Gross, right? Happy Sunday, like I always say, right? Happy Sunday. See, Jonah's in in the belly of this fish, and he's thinking, this is my end, this is my doom, I'm done, because I decided to run away from God. And so in his circumstance of desperation, he cries out to God. Now, you and I may find ourselves sometimes in desperate situations that is not of our own doing, but listen, I want you to hear, church, that sometimes we find ourselves, as Mike said, in danger, or we find ourselves in trouble, and we find ourselves in a desperate situation because we have chosen to ignore the landing lights, the guidance system of God's will in our lives. 
See, we, when we call out to God in our distress because of a situation that we have created, things are probably going to get a little bit messy. And I'm sure that Jonah did not look like he was ready to go out on the town when God decided to have that fish vomit him up on the shore. You know, the landing lights of God's will can, can help mitigate in our lives the mess that we may create otherwise. When we pay attention to what God is saying to us, when we pay attention to his Holy Spirit leading, when we pay attention to those outside circumstances and the wise counsel in our lives, when we pay attention to all of those things that God is doing, then that gives us a better chance. It mitigates the chances of us finding ourselves in desperate situations and Jonah was in this desperate situation, and we would love to say that Jonah found himself in that desperate situation, you know, bleached or whatever the acid in the fish did um, to him, and he looked pretty nasty. He wasn't, you know, ready to go to, wasn't even ready to go to, to church, you know, so anyway, he looked pretty bad. Um, they probably would have, like, been terrified of Jonah if he had gone to Nineveh right then and there. And perhaps they were terrified of him when he came to visit him. But we would love the story to end with Jonah going, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm going to go there with a great attitude and with, without reluctance. And I'm going to go to Nineveh now, and I'm going to preach the way that you told me to preach. But he didn't. The word of the Lord, verse, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, came to Jonah for a second time, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call, call out it in the message that I tell you. So Jonah rose. He did go to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. And Nineveh was exceedingly a great city, three days journey in breadth from where he was at the time. Now look at this, verse four. Jonah began to go into the city. He, he went a day's journey and he called out this. He said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. All right, this was, God told him to go speak out to the Ninevites and he, in his reluctant, bad attitude, was like, I've got a short sermon to preach for you. In 40 days, your city's going to be destroyed. Amen, let's all go to lunch. That was his message. Like, some of you are like, please, Todd, even give us a message of doom and gloom if it's a little bit shorter next time. So anyway, Jonah's message was five words. Five words. 40 days, you shall be overthrown it's almost like he didn't even show effort in what God had told him to do he was just not in a good place in his life he wasn't listening to God verse 5 and the people of Nineveh these horribly evil people they were horrible to, to Jonah's people they believed God they called for a fast, and they put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And verse 10 says, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he didn't do it. God showed grace and mercy to the city of Nineveh, to the whole nation of, of the people of Nineveh. He showed grace and mercy. And man, at this point in time, any prophet that's like in a good place with God is like, this is my book. I'm going to write this book. It only took five words. That's the name of my book. 
the people responded to this message that I preached. And they repented. And God saved them. But look what it says in Jonah 4 as we close this morning. It said, it displeased Jonah, verse, chapter 4, verse 1. It displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was angry. And he basically said to God, this is not what I said when I was yet in my country. This is why I made a hasty flee to Tarshish. He tried to justify why he went the other direction. For I knew this was his problem. Please don't miss this, Christ follower. This was his problem. I knew, God, that you were gracious and merciful and slow to anger and relenting from disaster. And he essentially said, I want you to take my life. It's better for me to die than to live. Essentially what Jonah was saying here, he was saying, God, I wanted you to enforce your punishment on my enemies. And the reason that Jonah from the beginning, when God called him to go to Nineveh and he went the other direction, was he knew from day one, he knew from the first moment that God was gracious and merciful. And the last thing that he wanted was for God's grace and mercy to be shared with the people that he hated so much. I love God's response here at the end. Lord said, do you do well to be angry? It's basically God's way of saying, hey, Jonah, how's this working out for you? How's this whole anger and bitterness things toward your enemy working out for you? Is God calling you to do something? Do you have a decision in front of you right now? Do you have a choice to make? You have something going on that there's a lot that hangs in the balance or maybe a little hangs in the balance, at least from your perspective. See, God gives us a choice, Christ follower. God gives you a choice. He's given you and me free will. He gave Jonah free will and Jonah decided to run in the other direction, to run from God. And his reason was, is he was mad that God was going to be so gracious to his enemies. But you may have a different reason why you're running from God. You may have a different reason why you go through some of these, these landing lights. You, you walk through many of these things like outside circumstances, wise counsel, scriptural confirmation, personal desire, and inner peace. And you walk through things like this and you get an answer and you go in the other direction. It might be fear. It might be anger. I don't know. It could be just selfishness could be rebellion. I just want to do my own thing. But listen, my challenge to you and to me is to not find us in a place where we make so difficult following God in these large decisions or small choices, but that we follow him, that we listen to him, that we use his guidance in our life to live our lives. See, when these landing lights of God's will are on, when we see them illuminated, we've got a choice to flee or follow. My prayers is that I would be someone who would follow him. And my prayers is that we as a church are people who choose to follow him, whatever the 
cost is for us, whatever he may ask us to do. My challenge for us today, myself included, is that we would be people who are followers, true followers. I use that term a lot. We use that term a lot around here. And being a true follower means that when those things go on, when those landing lights goes on, when we get that indicator in our lives that we are supposed to do something for him, it is time for us to act and leave the consequences to him. Leave the vengeance to him. Leave the wrath to him. That's his decision. Leave the truth to him. Leave the consequences to him. Leave your fear to him. Are you and I going to flee or are we going to follow after listening and following these landing lights? Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I pray that you would help each one of us God, I pray that you would help us to realize um, that we have, we have a built-in, as, as followers of you, we have a built-in system of guidance in our life, an internal guidance system. It's your Holy Spirit working in our lives, who's been there from the day we accepted you as our Savior. It's the way that you've made us, our, our personal desire that I believe that you use in our lives. And you also have outside guidance systems like the circumstances of our lives that you are ordering for us to follow like wise counsel who may tell us to go or to stop people we trust people who are strong in you and then your word which is powerful so powerful as Timothy says powerful teaching, for reproof, for correction. God, you can use all of these things. And Father, I pray that we would be paying attention. I pray that we would be aware of you guiding us. I pray that you would be aware of these factors. And God, when those decisions come to us, when those choices are right in front of us, Father, when it's time for us to flee or follow, help us, God, to be followers of you, regardless of what it may cost. Father, I pray for the one who's in this room or listening out on the backstage patio who's faced right now with a very difficult decision. And they're thinking of all the circumstances surrounding it. And they're coming up with conclusions that send them completely in the opposite direction of your will, your instructions. Father, I pray that you would help them right now to make the decision to choose to follow you. Help us to make the decision to follow you. When faced with a flee or follow decision, may we be true followers of you and your word in our lives. And I pray this all in the strong and the mighty name above all names, the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen.